Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for our Friday edition of Week 17. Uh, today's date, February 10th of 2023. Uh, first off, thanks again for all of you for listening. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm your host, Karsten. For today's show, we're doing kind of getting back to our normal schedule after a hectic last couple of days. Uh, of course, our last episode, we focused specifically on the trade deadline, uh, the myriad of moves that were made. Um, uh, maybe one of the most busy trade deadlines uh, in history, certainly within the last 10 or 15 years. It's one of the busiest I can remember. Um, a couple of really splashy moves, uh, especially that Phoenix Suns move to acquire Kevin Durant, but also um, a great number of moves involving solid players, uh, changing teams, changing uh, franchises, and a lot of teams strengthening themselves in uh, in anticipation for a more wide-open playoff race and maybe we're accustomed to over the last few seasons so it's going to be very exciting uh close to the season with those moves in mind uh, but we also need to get caught up on the last couple of days of action uh, because last show we focused on the trade deadline moves we didn't do our game summaries for wednesday's action uh as, so we have a couple of days of action to get through uh, nine games from Wednesday's slate and four games from Thursday. I imagine the NBA schedule, they lightened that day in particular because they knew there would be some trade deadline uh, moves and, you know, anticipation of that. So let's waste no more time. Let's get right into it. Again, we have a lot of games to get through. Um, I'll rattle through these. I'll add additional comments where it's necessary, but some of these are kind of straightforward. Uh, this one I'd say is fairly straightforward. The Cleveland Cavaliers win at home against the Detroit Pistons, 113-85. to um, Not too hotly contested. I mean, the Pistons are competitive throughout, and again, they're a competitive team. They're not trying to, to lose games by any means, but um, they're just kind of a little bit outmatched against a superior uh, Central Division team in the Cavaliers. Cavs led by as much as 31 points, and that's just about as much as they won the game by. Uh, for Detroit, it was Bayan Bogdanovich leading the way with 15 points. Uh, Duran added 14 points and nine rebounds, 10 points for Jaden Ivey. Um, a lot of guys scored for the Pistons, but no one scored very highly. Meanwhile, for the Cavaliers, uh, four of the five starters scored in double figures, including 20 points and 16 boards from Jared Allen. He led the way for them. Uh, they also had 19 points, eight boards from Evan Mobley. So the front court getting it done for the Cavs. 10 points off the bench for Dean Wade, and they get that win against Detroit. Next, the Washington Wizards win at home against the Charlotte Hornets, 118 to 104. Uh, pretty decisive victory in this one as well, although it was back and forth throughout that first half. Uh, Wizards pull away in the second half to clinch the victory. For the Hornets, they were led by P.J. Washington. He had 20 points, and they also had 19 points from Terry Rozier. Um all three other starters scored in double figures, but for the Wizards, it was Kristaps Porzingis leading the charge. He had a game-high 36 points and nine rebounds. They also had 20 points and 13 rebounds from Denny Avdia in the starting lineup. He's continued to elevate his play in either his second or third year of NBA action. Uh, he's relatively young. He's had He's been a bit lackluster at times, especially for where he's been picked, but in this season, especially over these last month or two uh, games and action, he's uh, shown some some exciting play and some you know hopeful moments for the Wizards. Uh, they also got 17 points, 10 assists for Bradley Beal, 10 assists as well for DeLon Wright in that starting lineup uh, as the Wizards get the win against the Hornets. 
Next, uh, again, these are all from Wednesday night's action. Uh, the Boston Celtics win at home against the Philadelphia 76ers, 106-99. to uh, Pretty close game throughout. I mean, the Celtics never trailed uh, after that first quarter ended, but the Sixers were always making it close. They tied the game at one point. They brought it within two uh, a handful of times. You know, they it was competitive throughout. The Celtics just managed to maintain their lead. For the Sixers, it was Joel Embiid and James Harden leading the charge, as you'd expect. Uh, Embiid with 28 points and seven boards, two steals and a block. Harden with 26 points, 11 assists, 12 points for DeAnthony Melton as well. But for the Celtics, uh, six guys in double figures. Uh, Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon each with 19 points. 15 each for Grant Williams and Blake Griffin, the uh, supporting cast stepping up a bit for the Celtics as they get this win against the Sixers. A good win for them, two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Celtics further solidifying their place in uh, the top of the West or the top of the East. Excuse me. Next, the Miami Heat win against the Indiana Pacers in Miami, one sixteen to one eleven. Um, Bam Adebayo doing his uh, more than his fair share of the load. Uh, Pacers took a brief lead at the end of the second and beginning of the third, uh, but in between or sandwiching those moments, the, the Heat led uh, in this game. They're able to come out with the victory. For the Pacers, Buddy Heald led the way with 29 points and seven boards. Miles Turner added 21 points, 10 rebounds of his own, along with two blocks. Uh, three other guys had double figures, including 18 points and six assists for TJ McConnell off the bench. Uh, but for the Heat, we mentioned out of bio, 38 points, nine rebounds, uh, very strong game for him, especially inside. 25 for Jimmy Butler as well, and all three other starters scored in double figures as the Heat get the win against the Pacers. Next, the Toronto Raptors win at home against the San Antonio Spurs, 112-98, to uh, and that is the Spurs' 10th straight loss. They're definitely mired in a, a, a tough stretch uh, recently. Raptors led big throughout all the second half. Uh, really kind of put this game away a little early. For the Spurs, again, Keldon Johnson, the bright spot, 22 points, seven boards. Uh, they also got 13 off the bench from Doug McDermott, 14 in the starting lineup for Josh Richardson. Uh, two other guys in that starting lineup scored in double figures. But for the Raptors, Pascal Siakam, uh, newly named All-Star, we'll talk about that in just a moment, 37 points, 10 boards, seven assists for Pascal. They also got uh, 18 and 11 off the bench from Chris Boucher. Um, <clears throat> four other double-figure scorers as the Raptors get that victory. Next, this was a wild one, and I didn't have a chance to catch this live, but I did uh, watch the last uh, you know minute or so. Uh, it was kind of an ESPN highlight. The Sacramento Kings able to steal a victory in Houston against the Rockets, 130 to 128. Um, Depending on who you ask, it was either, you know, a Rockets breakdown or the Kings lucking out due to uh, questionable calls. You know, I'm sure you'll see both sides of that argument. Um, regardless, the facts are, as far as what happened with the game, the, the Kings get a steal off a of Houston inbound, and then uh, De'Aaron Fox draws a foul on a pull-up three. Uh, just before time runs out, he makes all three free throws. Houston not able to respond with a, a miraculous shot to either tie it or win it. And the Kings come out with a victory again. Uh, you know, there's two sides to this. It's either a, a, a collapse by the Rockets or the Rockets had the game taken away from them by, uh, you know, the referees or whatever that situation is. Hard to say for sure what that exact situation is. Um, but 
regardless, the Kings are awarded the victory here. They get the win. Uh, Fox performs on those those free throw opportunities, uh, able to put them on top. For Houston, they had 41 points from Jalen Green. He continues to be that uh, electric scorer for them. 18 points, 11 assists, 9 boards for Alperen Shangun, uh, one of their bright spots along with Jalen Green. Uh, 15 points for Kenya Martin Jr., 16 off the bench for Jayshon Tate. Uh, 10 boards off the bench as well for Bruno Fernando. But for the Kings, uh, De'Aaron Fox, 31 points, 11 assists. Our reigning weekly MVP, another strong game for him. 22, 9 rebounds and 5 assists for Demonis Sabonis. And uh, four other double-figure scorers as the Kings get that victory against Houston. Next, a disappointment for me, the Minnesota Timberwolves winning in Utah against the Jazz, 143-118. to 118. Um not really too much of a contest, especially in that second half. Uh, the Timberwolves are just on a roll. And both teams, uh, a part of a trade with each other, both teams without some of their key players, Timberwolves just better able to respond, especially on the road. You know, give them credit for what they were able to do. For the Jazz, they were led by uh, Colin Sexton's 22 points in that starting lineup. 21 for Lowry Markkinen as well. 15 off the bench for Talon Horton Tucker. Uh, Walker Kessler another strong game, 16 bo- points, nine boards, three blocks. But for the Timberwolves, uh, a number of guys stepped up. Uh, Anthony Edwards, 31 points, eight assists, seven boards. Strong game for him. Jalen Noel getting the start at point guard in place of D'Angelo Russell. 30 points, six assists, two steals. Strong game for him. Also, Luca Garza continues the torrid stretch in his last couple of games. He had 25 points off the bench. Uh, Josh Minot, 12 points, 11 boards off the bench as well, uh, as the Timberwolves are able to race out to a, a strong road victory against the Utah Jazz. Uh, next, the Dallas Mavericks win in L.A. against the Clippers, 110-104 to 104 in Kyrie Irving's debut for the Dallas franchise. Um, and Dallas led pretty big through that first half. Clippers uh, closed the gap in the second half, but they still did not lead at any point as the Mavericks come out on top. For the Clippers, uh, they were led by Paul George and Terrence Mann's scoring. 20 for Paul George, 21 for Terrence Mann. Uh, Kawhi Leonard added 18 points. Uh, Their leading scorer overall actually was Norman Powell off the bench with 24 points. Uh, Four of those guys had strong games. Um, But for the Mavericks... Uh, Kyrie, a very strong debut, 24 points, five assists, a steal and a block, good percentages. They had 19 from Tim Hardaway Jr. starting alongside him at that guard spot. 18 points for Reggie Bullock as well. He had a really hot start to the game, hitting two or three of their threes in the you know first half of the first quarter. Um, no Luka in this game, but still Dallas able to come out on top with the victory uh, on the road. Finally, the last game from that the uh, Wednesday slate, the Portland Trailblazers winning at home against the Golden State Warriors, 125 to 122. Uh, pretty competitive game back and forth for both teams, but the Trailblazers able to come out on top. For Golden State, Jordan Poole led the way in scoring 38 points and seven assists. Clay Thompson added 31 points and five assists of his own. Uh, coming off that monster game against the Thunder, he still had another great game, seven threes made, along with Jordan Poole's seven made threes. Uh, 18 points, 10 boards for Andrew Wiggins. 18 points off the bench for Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, but for the Trailblazers, Lillard again leading the charge. 33 points, 11 assists, 10 boards for a triple-double for him. 22 points for Jeremy Grant. 
13 off the bench for Shaden Sharp, uh, 10 off the bench for Jabari Walker, and Simons and Eubanks also in double figures as the Trailblazers get that victory against the Golden State Warriors. Okay, so that's the Wednesday action. Let's take care of those four games from last night's action as well. Again, this was on the, you know, during or just after the trade deadline. So there's probably a lot of guys absent for these teams as far as sitting out, you know, due to, uh, you know, PR things and, and technicalities with trades. So uh, keep that in mind with these games. Firstly, the Orlando Magic win at home against the Denver Nuggets, 115 to 104. Uh, a pretty kind of an upset game there. Uh, and the Magic led big throughout much of this game, uh, even more impressive for them. For Denver, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic, both with huge games in that front court, 29 points, 12 boards, six assists, a block or two steals on a block for Nikola Jokic. Aaron Gordon, uh, maybe even a touch better, 37 points, 13 boards, uh, one steal, one block, both on tremendous percentages. They also got 12 points for Michael Porter Jr., but not a wealth of scoring outside of those guys. Meanwhile, for Orlando, very balanced attack. Um, 19 points, 6 boards for Wendell Carter Jr. 10, 11 points, 10 boards for Paolo Bancaro. Uh, he had the most rebounds for the Magic. Uh, 17 points off the bench for both Cole Anthony and Bol Bol. 12 points from Reitz Wagner. Uh, 11 for Suggs, 10 for Franz Wagner. Uh, that's total seven guys in double figures, and that is enough to overcome the uh, Denver front court and win this game for Orlando. Next, the Atlanta Hawks win at home against the Phoenix Suns, one sixteen to one hundred seven. Uh, Trey Young with a nice game. Uh, Hawks really convincing victory, led by as much as twenty in this game. And uh, for Phoenix, it was Josh Okogie with twenty five points off the bench to lead the charge Aiton with 23 points of his own three other guys had 10 points or more, but for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey young, we mentioned him 36 points, 12 assists, seven boards, very strong game for him. They also got 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists for DeJounte Murray. So that backcourt doing wonders for Atlanta, as you'd expect uh, 16 points for John Collins, 17 boards for Clint Capella, monster rebounding effort for him. Uh, 11 points, 11 boards for Anyaka Okongwu off the bench as Atlanta gets that win against the Phoenix Suns. Next, the Brooklyn Nets win at home against the Chicago Bulls, 116-105 to in Spencer Dinwiddie's debut for the Nets. Uh, Pretty back and forth, but the Nets able to uh, take away – take this game and and pull away with it in the the back half of that fourth quarter for the bulls. Zach Levine's very high scoring game, 38 points. Uh, they got 14 points from DeMar DeRozan. Great game from Busevic as well. 15.17 boards. He, he's had a very stellar last few weeks uh, for the bulls 11 off the bench for Kobe white, but for the nets, uh, we men- mentioned Spencer Dinwiddie, 25 points. They got 20 points from Cam Thomas cooling off a little bit from his last few games. Uh, but that backcourt doing uh, a great job for Brooklyn there, maybe a new look backcourt, Cam Thomas, potentially getting that starting opportunity in the wake of the uh, Irving and Durant trades. Uh, they also got 18 off the bench for Joe Harris, 14 off the bench for Yuta Watanabe, and uh, 12 boards for Daron Sharp getting the start at center as the Brooklyn Nets get that victory. Finally, the last game from last night's action, the most notable, I would say, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Los Angeles Lakers in Los Angeles, 115-106. to 106. That's the Bucks' ninth straight victory. Um, back and forth game, but the Bucks 
took away, uh, took the game away in the third and never relinquished that lead. For some reason, I'm really struggling with that word lately. Um, and uh, yeah, the Bucks able to come out on top for the Lakers. They were led by Dennis Schroeder's 25 points and 12 assists. Anthony Davis, 23 points and 16 rebounds. Um, 18 off the bench for Austin Reeves, 15 points for Lonnie Walker in that starting lineup. Without LeBron James, uh, did not play, perhaps getting a bit of additional rest after that historic uh, achievement just a couple of nights ago. But for the Bucks, yes, Giannis doing what he's been doing all season, 38 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, plus a steal and a block. Uh, only two turnovers, so that's nice to see him cutting down the turnovers. 22 points for Chris Middleton in that starting lineup. He's getting a, a lot more acclimated to uh, his return from injury. Uh, Drew Holiday with 18 points, 12 points for Grayson Allen. 10 boards also for Brooke Lopez and three blocks for him as well as the Bucks get that victory in Los Angeles. And that gets us up to date on all the latest action. Now... Let's go ahead and uh, jump to our key news. We have a few items for you today. Uh, certainly not the onslaught that we had yesterday with the trade deadline. But uh, firstly, with uh, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, and Zion Williamson all expected to be sidelined and kind of locked in as they will not play in the All-Star game, they needed injury replacements, and those injury replacements have been announced. Uh, De'Aaron Fox... Anthony Edwards and Pascal Siakam have all been named injury replacements for the all-star game. Congratulations to those three guys. Uh, De'Aaron Fox in particular was a guy that a lot of people thought should have gotten in. So he now gets that nod. Uh, Anthony Edwards, a strong name as well. Siakam, a past all-star who's had another strong uh, season so far this year. All three of those guys well-deserving to be injury replacements. So congratulations to them uh, for being recognized and getting that honor to be in the game. Um, next, uh, kind of a, a follow-up on one of the items from yesterday, the four-team trade, and I do believe I uh, owe an, a, a correction here, uh, I reported the Gary Payton trade with the Trailblazers as being separate from the deal that moved Sadiq Bay, Kevin Knox, and James Wiseman. However, it looks like that trade uh, actually was a four-team trade, and the Gary Payton move was a part of that overall transaction. Uh, so I apologize for misreporting that. But that particular four-team trade that includes Gary Payton II is potentially at risk of being derailed due to uh, Gary Payton II's abdominal injury and surgery that he had in the offseason. He had recently returned for Portland, played a few games. Uh, Portland was confident in his health. Um, but, of course, part of these trades is a uh, you know physical, a health exam uh, to make sure that they are, uh, you know, either able to be traded or that the team is happy with where they are physically. So that's something to keep an eye on over the next day or two. That trade could potentially be uh, uh, vetoed or broken up due to that health concern. We'll have to see what happens. I think it's up to the discretion of either the Golden State Warriors themselves or maybe a league decision, but otherwise uh, certainly keep an eye on that as that story continues to evolve. Um, next, uh, a bit of injury news for the Celtics. Uh, Jalen Brown is not expected, excuse me, to miss too much time with a facial fracture. Um, Brad Stevens is confident that he should be able to return, return fairly soon. Uh, he's been fitted with the mask. Uh, you imagine once he makes his return, he'll play with that mask for a little while. Uh, the facial fracture due to an inadvertent elbow from teammate Jason Tatum, uh, just kind of one of those freak injury things. Uh, again, so hopefully we'll see Jalen Brown on the court soon. 
Uh, good to see that it's not uh, a more serious injury than it potentially could have been. Uh, for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Cam Thomas has been fined $40,000 for uh, offensive language used during a post-game interview. Um, if you're curious to see what this language was, uh, I'm sure you can find the clip on YouTube. It was a post-game interview with himself and Spencer Dinwiddie. Um, <clears throat> I, I I saw the clip. I imagine, I, I would say that Cam Thomas didn't have any kind of, uh, you know, hurtful intent behind the language. It was more of a joking interaction. Uh, perhaps not a term that you want to use, maybe a, a little bit of offensive with the language itself, but um. You know, I think Cam Thomas is, he, you know, just was, it was a poor decision on his part. You know, he's been, been, been fine now. So, uh, been fined now rather. Um, and, uh, I guess we'll just kind of go on from there. Uh, finally, a small transactional note, the Oklahoma city thunder, uh, after the dust has settled from the trade deadline, uh, the two way contract of Eugene Omo Rui, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I apologize if I did not, uh, but his contract will be converted from that two way contract to now a regular contract. So, uh, you know, props to him. Congratulations for getting that contract uh, modified, getting a more solidified position on the Thunder lineup. And that takes care of our uh, news for uh, in the last day or so of NBA uh, action. Hopefully, again, we're getting we'll get some more clear pictures as far as uh, trades being solidified. And now what the buyout market will look like. We talked about that a bit last uh, on last show. But that'll be something to watch out for. Watch out for as we go, uh, you know, go on with these next couple of days. Um, before we do our kind of wrap up type stuff for the Friday show, normally our Friday shows are a little bit short. Um, I did want to talk just a little bit more about uh, trade deadline, and I thought it would be, you know, maybe worth saying who who kind of came out on top, who had the best moves overall for the trade deadline. Um, and I thought I'd pick, oh, big, biggest winner, biggest loser. Um, that was kind of hard in the sense that I don't think that teams, there wasn't really one team that just got fleeced and made a terrible move. You know, all these franchises, generally speaking, are fairly well run. They're all professional franchises, you know, and the moves in particular on the trade deadline, for the most part, benefited all teams involved. You know, a lot of them were very solid. Um, as far as the biggest winner, it's very easy to point to the Suns, you know, being able to acquire Kevin Durant, uh, a once in a generation type player, his scoring ability, plus his, his size and his intangibles, his experience, it's a phenomenal move. And to pair him with Devin Booker and Chris Paul uh, and DeAndre Ayton, that core of three that has already made an NBA finals just a couple seasons ago, that's a great move. And of course the Suns are now maybe your, uh, you know, top in your top two, along with the Nuggets, maybe top three if you include the Grizzlies as far as teams to potentially make it out of the Western Conference going into the NBA Finals, looking towards the playoffs. So Sun's a great pick there. Lakers, you got to talk about too, as far as um, further refining that roster, bringing in um, now some additional scoring help, some shooting that is still, you know, maintaining that youthful edge and push that they made uh, this past offseason. You bring in D'Angelo Russell shooting a career high, uh, from all three phases, from the floor in general, from three and from free throw, shooting career high percentages there. You add Malik Beasley, uh, a confident and willing shooter and scorer. Uh, Vanderbilt adds to your defensive presence inside. If I have a caveat, I mentioned before, I'm not a huge fan of them giving up Thomas Bryant. Not sure I understand that move in, entirely, but 
they add Mo Bamba, they add Vanderbilt, they still have Anthony Davis, so their front court should still be relatively intact, and the Lakers should be in a good position. Um, and you can maybe even talk about the Brooklyn Nets, and certainly they're not going to be a team that is getting better in the short term from the Durant trade. Obviously, he was their their franchise piece, but I think you have to give them credit as far as once Kyrie had demanded that trade and they made that move, they were at a crossroads. They either you know, would make a push in the next year or two to reacquire some some key talent and try and make a push, you know, a, a playoff and championship push with Kevin Durant still as a core player, or they could trade Durant as well as he was part of some talk and teams were interested. Trade Durant as well, regain a bunch of assets and start to, you know, try and build a, a new look Nets team. And, I, you know, they were pretty decisive about making that ladder push uh, or uh, the choosing the latter of those two options, moving on from Durant, wishing him the best, bringing in some some strong um, you know wings. They bring in Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, all those guys, both those guys, pretty young and very uh, very solid pro players. They bring in a bunch of draft capital, a bunch of first round capital, and so credit to the Nets for committing to what they knew was probably going to be best for the organization long term. Uh, so all three of those teams, I think, made very good moves as a trade deadline. But again, a lot of teams made good moves overall. These are probably just the three that stand out the most. If I had to pick a team that was quote unquote biggest loser, I would say Detroit Pistons. And again, I really don't think that they suffered hugely at the hands of the trade deadline. I don't think they made any absolutely um, hauntingly horrible moves. Um, I'm just a little perplexed by the Sadiq Bay move still, you know, part of their young core, one of their bright spots, a great shooter, a great fit for the modern game. And he moves on and they bring in James Wiseman. I get it in the sense that he's a talented uh, prospect, maybe a touch younger than Bay, maybe a little bit more of a, a higher ceiling. But I think that complicates your front court with Jalen Duran, who I think is kind of the future for them at that position. Fits that Detroit ethos, feels like a Drummond or maybe even a Ben Wallace as far as the you know, physical presence, strong inside, rebounding and defense kind of an emphasis. But again, maybe that's just kind of my my perception. Again, this trade could work out very well for Detroit. Just, you know. That would have to be my pick if I had to pick a loser. But um, that that Wiseman trade could fall through. Again, that's part of the the Gary Payton uh, four-team deal. So it's Payton, it's Wiseman, as well as Kevin Knox and Sadiq Bey. Uh, so if that deal gets broken up, they retain Sadiq Bey, they lose James Wiseman, and now they're kind of back to where they were before the trade deadline. So kind of an evolving situation still. But um, if I had to name some, some of those, you know, Teams that won, teams that I questioned the moves, those would be the names I'd go with. Um, and uh, again, that just wanted to lend a little bit more uh, of a of a discussion and a breakdown of the trade deadline itself. Um, with that, let's go ahead and move on to the rest of the show. Uh, the main thing being our game previews for this weekend's action. That's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday's action. Uh, so Saturday, tomorrow's games, we have nine games in total. Uh, two national broadcasts. Firstly, on NBA TV at 6 o'clock, it's the Philadelphia 76ers in Brooklyn against the Nets. And then on ABC at 8.30, it's the Los Angeles Lakers in Golden State against the Warriors. Um, the Sixers-Nets game, you know, you have um, Act 3 or 4 of the Simmons versus Embiid matchup. Um, 
could be some fireworks, could be mundane, but certainly worth paying attention to, especially with the Nets making some moves. Sixers made a move of their own. Jalen McDaniels uh, being added to that bench. He could be uh, a strengthening piece for a team that's further continuing to make that push as a true contender in the Eastern Conference. Um, and then that Lakers-Warriors game, it'll be a shame again that Steph Curry is still out with injury, but Klay Thompson's been hot lately with the shooting touch. Uh, if LeBron makes his return at now playing his first kind of normal game as a scoring champion, could be something to watch out for as well. If I had to add two other games to watch out for for Saturday's schedule, firstly on League Pass at 7 o'clock, the Miami Heat in Orlando against the Magic, and then at 10 o'clock on League Pass as well, the Dallas Mavericks in Sacramento against the Kings. That Heat-Magic game, it's a Southeast Division matchup, but also the Magic have been um, surprisingly potent at home. And the Heat have been, uh, they've been finding more of the rhythm lately, but they're still a team prone to some struggles at times. I'm interested interested to see, especially coming off a victory against the Denver Nuggets, if Orlando can string some more victories together and kind of surprise a Heat team at home. Uh, or, you know, surprise a Heat team visiting Orlando uh, on their home court. Then with the Mavericks and the Kings, you know, Kyrie and potentially Luka uh, playing, going into Sacramento against the Kings and the Beam team. I like that matchup. Uh, I've, you know, I'm sure if you've been listening to the podcast consistently by now, you know how I feel about Sacramento, how excited I am for their success, uh, you know, as a secondhand fan, I suppose. But, um, yeah, it could be an intriguing game. Let's jump to Sunday. There's only two games on Sunday. Of course, that's Super Bowl Sunday. Most people are going to be tuning in to uh, on the Super Bowl, myself included. But uh, there's two games that day. One of them is a national broadcast, actually, on ABC at 2 o'clock, uh, squeezing in a bit of matinee action before the Super Bowl uh, you know, kicks off. On ABC at 2 o'clock, the Memphis Grizzlies are in Boston against the Celtics. Uh, two of your better teams in either conference, the Celtics in the East, the Grizzlies in the West. Should be a pretty good matchup to watch out for. You know, John Morant versus Jason Tatum and all that, you know, supporting cast going at each other. Uh, let's jump to Monday. We have 11 games on Monday, huge Monday slate. One national broadcast on Monday the N- on NBA TV at 7.30. The Denver Nuggets in Miami against the Heat. Um, should be a good one. And then if I had to add two other games on League Pass, both of these. League Pass at 7 o'clock, the Utah Jazz in Indiana against the Pacers. And then League Pass at 8 o'clock, the New Orleans Pelicans in Oklahoma City against the Thunder. For that first game, first game Nuggets at Heat, um, you know, the Heat have um, an edge to them. They have a little bit of a history um, competitively with the Nuggets. Of course, Markeith Morris has already moved on. He's with, uh, you know, the team after the team he left to after he left the Heat. But, um, you know, Jokic in Miami against Butler. I think there's, you know, a lot of potential for that to be a very intriguing game. Uh, our two league pass games, I had to add the Jazz, you know, a little bit of home home team bias, I suppose. I'm, I'm always interested to see what the Jazz are going to do, um, especially after this trade deadline. It could be very intriguing to watch uh, what happens with the Jazz uh, and what the team looks like by that point on Monday. Um, but, of course, Indiana, the stronger team, I would say, at this point, even records-wise, they're even though records-wise they're probably about the same, Indiana has kind of the brighter outlook more immediately as far as – Halliburton and all-star I mean the Jazz have marketed an all-star too so it could be a very close game close records wise should be very intriguing and then that second game the Pelicans at the Thunder I added that one because when the Pelicans are in Oklahoma City against the Thunder there's always something crazy that happens it, it feels like you know we had the game winner a year or two ago with Devontae Graham uh 
with the full court shot and Shea Gilgis Alexander completely stunned. Uh, several years back, we had the the AD game winner when he was with the Pelicans, the the three point fader over the Thunder, and so there's always something interesting that seems to happen with those two uh, playing in Oklahoma city. So that's why I add it to the calendar to keep an eye out for. Um, but regardless, that takes care of our uh, games to watch out for this weekend should be a very intriguing weekend of action. Um, of course, like I said, most people will probably be tuned into the super bowl to the NFL. What's going on there. Um, myself included, of course, being a, a pretty big NFL fan, of course, not as big as a, a, a as I am an NBA fan, but uh, still enjoy watching the NFL. Um, if I had to talk about that just a moment, I would say I'm hoping the Eagles win. They're kind of my NFC team. My my main team is Buffalo Bills, but um, I do like to see the Eagles do well. My high school mascot growing up was the Eagles, and so that's why I have a little bit of bias. We always kind of pilfered their logo for our own gear. Uh, so I kind of like to see the Eagles do well, but if I had to predict who's going to win, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Chiefs as far as their championship experience um, and now the recently named MVP. But that also could be a jinx. The last regular season MVP uh, to also win the Super Bowl that same year, you have to go back to 99 with Kurt Warner. So a little bit of NFL history for you. I won't talk too much NFL because, again, it's not an NFL podcast, but um, all of us, I'm sure, will be watching out. As well as the the commercials, always fun to see what new commercials are coming out uh, for the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go ahead and close things off with our this day in history fact. Uh, this day in history, February tenth of twenty twenty three. Um, well, not twenty twenty three. We're going back to all the way back to nineteen forty nine. Uh, the first few years of the NBA's existence, February tenth of nineteen forty nine. Joe Folks of Philadelphia scored sixty three points in a one hundred eight to eighty seven win over Indianapolis to set an NBA scoring record, which would last for nearly a decade. So he had the highest game total uh, for, as it says, nearly a decade. I want to say, if I had to guess, it was probably Elgin Baylor that broke it. And then not long after that, Wilt Chamberlain. But didn't look up the specifics on that. Overall, Joe Fulks, one of the original great scorers. You look at his his, uh, stat line and you'd say, really? This guy was an all-time great scorer? Well, for the, the 40s and 50s, he was. Not a high percentage guy for our you know, modern day eyes and didn't score a ton of points per game. But in that era to shoot like 40% from the floor and score 23, 24 points a game, that was huge. That was a monster scorer. So, you know, certainly need to give credit to uh, guys in the early days of the NBA because they were part of building what the the league and the game has become today. Uh, so definitely shout out to Joe folks and the Philadelphia Warriors at the time. Uh, with that, that takes care of everything from our show uh, real quick. Latching on to our This Day in History for today, uh, apologies, apologies for not doing one for yesterday's show. Um, if I remember yesterday's This Day in History fact, it was February 9th uh, in 92 when Magic played in the All-Star Game, uh, despite not being in the NBA that regular season at all. Played in the All-Star Game, won the All-Star Game MVP. It was a very, you know, feel-good story. So, But apologies for not doing that on yesterday's show. Again, with the craziness of the trade deadline, kind of slipped my mind. Um, but again, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, when we come back on Monday, we'll be back with our normal Monday show, you know, uh, weekend summaries, uh, as far as, you know, the key games that happened, you know, stat, uh, statistical standouts, I'm sure we'll have a more kind of in-depth view as far as, uh, trade deadline, uh, moves and impacts that those players are starting to make. Uh, we'll also get into our news. We'll talk the previews for that next week's action 
as well as our power rankings and our weekly MVP uh, vote. So with that, thanks again for listening. And we'll be back with you on uh, Monday's show following our bonus episode. I almost forgot this. After the show, we also have our, our second of our bonus episodes that we'll have over the next couple of weeks with our uh, franchise focus episodes. We're looking to get caught up to where I hope we hoped we'd be by this point in the season. Uh, today's bonus episode, our franchise focus on the Miami Heat. So definitely pay attention to that. Also, one last shout out. If you want to check out our Instagram page, that's crossover across time, all one word. Uh, we have content from the show. We have content from all the NBA teams. So definitely pay attention to that. With that, now we're all set. Thanks again. Third time, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you uh, after tonight's bonus show. We'll be back on Monday.